Welcome to Lasting Change, the show that can help you achieve your goals and change your mindset by building healthy habits around things like fitness, nutrition, ADHD management, and anything else that can help you shoot for the stars. My name is Marnie Slater. I'm a personal trainer, nutritionist, behavior change specialist, and honestly, a whole bunch of other random things that don't really matter right now. So if you're ready to get inspired, let's dig in. Hello, and welcome back to Lasting Change. Thank you so much for joining me again. Today, we're going to be talking about setting yourself up for success. One thing I really like about this topic is that it applies for every area of your life. Now, I don't know how many people grew up like this, but when I was a little kid, my mom would set out my clothes for me the night before. She would lay them out on my bed, and I was the type of kid that marched to the beat of my own drum, and so a lot of times I would say, I'm not wearing that, I want to wear this. But it would be done the night before so that I could wake up, just get dressed right away without having to think about it, go for breakfast, and then you know go to school or whatever I was doing that day. What she was trying to do was set that day up to be successful from the hop. Now, it seems like a silly little anecdote to share from my childhood, but if you think about it, this is really what it's all about when you're setting yourself up for success, even as an adult. If you listen to the previous episode, you'll hear a couple of the things that I do to try to set myself up for success for the days ahead. Things like making yourself a little to-do list, planning what you're going to eat ahead of time, yada, yada, yada. There's five tips in the previous episode that'll help you increase your focus and productivity right now. So I suggest if you haven't listened to that yet, go ahead and listen to that and then come back to this episode. For anyone that has taken even a basic psychology class in university has heard that we kind of have this decision-making reservoir that empties throughout the day. By the end of the day, that reservoir can be completely depleted, even sometimes in the middle of the day, depending on how many decisions you've had to make throughout that day. So the best way that you can set yourself up for success is to minimize those decisions that you have to make in the heat of the moment. In the last episode, I mentioned a simple thing that you can do is plan your meals ahead of time. Don't wait until dinner time to decide what you're having for dinner. Decide either that morning or even the night before. Or set yourself up with leftovers, even better. In this episode, I'm going to give you some actual things that you can start to do to set yourself up for success each and every day, and even for the weeks and months and years ahead. I'm also going to share something that happened recently to me that has helped me overcome one of the biggest struggles in my life, and what I did for myself to set myself up for success. Most likely, not all of these things will apply to you, but at least one or two will probably stick out to you as something that you can do better in your own life. Whether you're kind of mediocre at it or you completely suck at it, everyone has room for improvement. So try to take something out of this episode that might be able to give you that little boost to help save some of that mental energy that you're spending on struggles that you didn't even know you had, maybe. As a nutritionist, a lot of people come to me and struggle with how to be consistent with their food. This is completely relatable for me personally, because this is something that I have struggled with my entire life, and I'm currently in the process of finding someone that's going to help me regulate my cooking. So I'm going to have someone that's going to be preparing meals for me. Sounds kind of bougie, but I know how much food impacts my mental health, and I need to take the bull by the horns because I've been trying to do it on my own, and it's just not working. And so I'm applying my very own tactics that I give to my clients to help simplify that problem that I'm having. 
being a nutritionist coach doesn't mean that you're doing everything right. But it does mean that I know better and I know how to fix it. And so I'm applying those principles that I know will work so that I can be a better example for my clients. So if you find that you have inconsistency with what you're eating, when you're eating, how much you're eating, especially if you're the type of person that works long hours or maybe you work shift work or you work in a place that you don't really have time to eat. I have a lot of clients that are nurses because they don't really get time in between and they're eating just a power bar in the middle of the day as their lunch. So if consistency is something that you struggle with, let's learn how to set yourself up for success. If you're the type of person that has trouble going grocery shopping and you come home to an empty fridge more often than not, if you have the means, maybe start getting your groceries delivered to you each and every week. Every Monday, you could have fresh fruits and vegetables and grains delivered to you. That way, you know you're not going to be coming home to an empty fridge because you didn't make the time to go grocery shopping. If this isn't an option for you, which it isn't for many people, a good thing that you can do is write out your grocery list before you go shopping. If you do this, you're going to already know what you're going to go get. You don't have to spend that mental energy scrambling to figure out what you're going to need from the store. And also, if you make that list throughout the week and set yourself a day where you go grocery shopping regularly, maybe it's on your day off or maybe it's at the end of your shortest day, whatever that might be. But it helps to have consistency to know that you're going to go grocery shopping, let's say, every Sunday afternoon. For me, my struggles isn't getting the groceries, it's actually having the energy to prepare the meals. And so that's where I'm getting help. I'm going to get someone to help me prepare meals weekly. This way, I'm not going to make all of that food in my fridge go bad for the eight billionth time. I don't even want to admit how much lettuce I've thrown out in my life. For any of my listeners that might struggle with letting their food go bad constantly, especially their fresh produce, this is especially applicable to people who have ADHD, is that you can actually put all of your fresh food out in the open and put your condiments in the crispers. If you're going into the fridge and you need your mayo, you're going to get your mayo. It can be tucked away because you know what you're going in for. If you open the fridge and you're wondering what to make for dinner, and all of your fresh vegetables are in your crisper that you can't see and it's not out in the open, you're more likely to just close it and opt for ordering food in or going out to a restaurant or eating something from the cupboard rather than the fridge. So by having those things out in the open, you'll more likely look at those carrots and go, right, I have carrots. I'm going to make a stir fry or whatever you're planning on doing with them. Out of sight, out of mind for so many people. So bring it into sight. A fun little note, I'm in the process of designing my new house and I've decided that I'm going to have open cupboards. And for some people that can be so scary because you can't just, you know, tuck away your bags of crap and forget that it's there. But for me, I need to see things laid out, out in the open, in nice little jars and go, hey, I have quinoa. I forgot about that. It used to sit in the back of my cupboard behind a closed door. So for me, I'm planning on making everything visible for two different reasons. One, so that I actually use the stuff. And two, so that it forces me to keep it neat and organized because I don't like a chaotic visual space. And so by closing a cupboard door, you can get rid of that chaotic space. But by having it out in the open, 
you're a little bit more forced by your own desires to keep it neat and organized and always remember to refill your jars of grains or whatever you might have there. Now let's talk clothes. If you're the type of person that gets up in the morning, maybe you're going to work, maybe you're going to an interview, maybe you're going out to see friends. There are so many people that I know that take an hour to get dressed. And the reason for that is that they don't know what they want to wear, what they feel like wearing. Half the people that I know don't even know what they have in their closet because they have so many clothes. This can be especially frustrating and stress-inducing if you've had a long day at work and you have plans to go out after, and you come home, your reservoir is empty, and you're trying to decide what to wear to your dinner. The overwhelming amount of choices and lack of organization can lead people to get really, really grumpy before they go out for this fun night with their friends or their partner. If this rings true for you, a really great solution to this is go back to being a kid and be your mom and set out your clothes the night before. If you're the type of person that wakes up, goes to the wash and brushes your teeth, grabs a coffee, runs out the door on your way to work, you're not going to make time to put on your best outfit. And if you're going to do that dinner later on and you come home and you only know that you have 20 minutes before you need to get back out the door, where is that time for you to make a rational decision about what's going to make you feel good in your body. So by setting out your outfit the night before, you still have the option to change that. But if you don't have anything left in your reservoir, you're going to be able to acknowledge that that outfit that you chose the day before made you feel good then. And so maybe there's a chance that it's going to make you feel good today as well. This can help mitigate so many of those stressors of trying to decide when your reservoir is empty. Another thing that I do personally, I don't have a large amount of clothes. I live in a very small space. I actually separate out my winter and my summer clothes. Now, I know a lot of people do this, but I know a lot of people that don't. And so if it is the middle of January and it's snowing out, and you are trying to sort through your hordes of tank tops and shorts just to get to your winter nice clothes, you are overwhelming yourself without even necessarily realizing it. So a good thing to do when you get into that kind of spring cleaning mode or when you're getting ready to transition into fall, it's a really good opportunity for you to just move all of those summer clothes out of the way. It can either be to the back of your closet. I personally tuck it all away in my suitcase because I know that I won't be touching that unless I have a trip planned. This way, the only clothes that I have the option of looking at are ones that I actually might wear without all of the fluff surrounding it. Set yourself up for success so that you don't show up to your dinner out with your partner grumpy because you just spent half an hour trying to find a shirt that made you feel good. I personally like to choose one outfit that if I'm feeling hot and great that day, I'm going to put on this outfit because I'm feeling it. I also might choose a second outfit that if I am bloated and cramping and PMSing and just tired, that I'm going to feel comfortable in as well. That way, in the moment, if I'm feeling good, I'm going to put on that one outfit. If I'm feeling not so great and kind of want to cover myself up a little bit, I'm going to choose that other outfit. Again, it still gives me the option of choice without overwhelming that choice. And you're going to be able to go out with a smile on your face, knowing that you chose something that you're going to be comfortable in. Now let's talk the kitchen. 
if you're the type of person that wakes up in the morning and you look at your kitchen and you go, oh, I can't believe I left it this messy. It can be not a great feeling to start your day like that. In one of my previous episodes, I mentioned that I've started a rule for myself that I'm not allowed to go to bed with dirty dishes in my sink. I don't have a dishwasher. And so sometimes if I finish a meal and I go to put my plate in my sink and then I go to bed and I wake up and I try to wash vegetables in my sink, I all of a sudden need to clean a plate first where I only uh, allocated the mental and physical time to washing my vegetables and cutting them. And now all of a sudden I have to do dishes. It's horrible feeling. So I've found that it helps to set myself up for success by making sure that I do all my dishes before I go to bed. It's turned into a routine for me and a habit, and it feels amazing to wake up to a clean kitchen, even if there might be chaos elsewhere in the house. If you have a dishwasher, put your dishwasher on at night before you go to bed. You'll wake up to clean dishes. Or if you have the ability, another great thing to do is put it on right after dinner so that it's done before you go to bed and you can put those dishes away and wake up to a completely clean slate. It's a great feeling. It's just a habit that you have to get into and it'll help you set yourself up for success to feel good the next day. When it comes to household chores, I've tried a couple of different approaches, and for me, a lot of them haven't worked. My mom has this amazing ability that every Friday, she cleans the bathroom. It used to be this really cool routine for her that she would throw on some Joni Mitchell, rock out to her favorite music, and clean her bathroom every Friday. I was in awe of this. Now, I've spent a lot of my life working kind of random hours, and so I didn't necessarily always have every Friday free. Now my schedule is a little bit more structured in that I tend to know what days I'm going to be home all day and have time to do these sorts of things. Once that started, I got really gung-ho about creating this calendar for myself. If anyone else loves spreadsheets and calendars as much as I do and planning things, you know what excitement I'm talking about. I created this massive, amazing plan about how to take care of my entire life. It was spread out so beautifully. And then I didn't do any of it. But it looked so cool on the spreadsheet that I built. So what I discovered is that I feel different every day. And just because it says, okay, it's Friday, you're going to clean your bathroom today. I don't want to clean my bathroom. I want to work on my computer that day. Or I want to do my laundry that day or whatever that I'm in the mood for doing. And so by trying to force myself to do this one thing on this day because my calendar says so, that didn't work for me. And so for a long time, I kicked myself for not succeeding at this calendar idea that works for so many people. So after I felt sorry for myself for a little while, the best thing that I did for myself was try again with a different version. And so what I did, I still created this beautiful spreadsheet and calendar because that's what I love doing. But instead of having certain chores set for certain days, I lumped it all into one. I created three different sheets where one is a daily task list that includes everything that needs to be done daily, including basic hygiene things and all that. Then there's a weekly thing that needs to be done weekly. Maybe that involves cleaning the bathroom, doing laundry, whatever that might be. And then there's also a monthly calendar where that includes things like basic house maintenance, maybe cleaning up around the yard, 
maybe doing, you know, organizing your closet, things like that, that can help you maintain organization just around your house in general and maybe around your office. By doing it this way, I know the things that are important to do on a regular basis, whatever regular might be mean, whether it be days, months, weeks, whatever it is. But I now have the freedom to choose which one of those I'm going to do. Rather than knowing that this day is laundry day, if I feel like doing laundry, if I get the motivation to do my laundry, I can still mark it off my weekly list and know that it was checked off my list and it's done each and every week. This has been so great for me because I realize how much I need that, that level of choice in my life. I don't like being told what to do. And so by giving myself the freedom to choose, but it's still me telling myself what to do on a regular basis. It's a really great compromise that I've discovered has worked for me. So I encourage you to just try to figure out something that works for you, whether it's a structured schedule or not, or leaving that element of choice in there. None of us like being told what to do. And so find a way that you get to choose what you're going to do on a regular basis while still making sure that you're going to do it. The last thing I want to talk about is your social life. Now, everyone has a different level of enjoyment they get out of being out with people, with friends, meeting new people, all that sort of thing. Some people get re-energized by going out into social situations. Other people need to get home to recover from those social situations. Now, a lot of people have talked about introverts versus extroverts. There's a lot of crossover there. You're not typically one or the other. You're kind of a blend of both. And what that means is that all of us feel the need for that social interaction. The only thing that varies is how much of it you want in your life and how long you can withstand it for. So for me, I love being social. I love being out with friends, but I need to come home and recharge my batteries alone. I get very overwhelmed in social situations once I kind of turn off and I go, okay, I'm done now. And if I, for some reason or another, stay for another couple hours, I will come home completely wiped rather than feeling positive about those interactions that I had. So for me, I set myself little boundaries about how often I'm going to go out, how long I'm going to stay places. And the beautiful thing is that I've created this circle of friends now that completely understand that. And I'll be sitting there at a games night and go, okay, I'm tired now. I'm going to leave. And it's not rude. It's not shocking. It's just, okay, my, my social battery is done now and I need to go home and recover and I'll see you guys later. So I encourage you to sit down and really think about how much of those interactions you really enjoy and give you, give you energy and how much of them you need to get away from sometimes. If you haven't thought about this, really sit down and think about it because if you're the type of person that needs to be alone and recover at home and you're constantly out with friends, maybe your energy levels are being depleted because of all of that interaction. And it goes the other way too. If you're the type of person that recharges by being out with people and you only plan maybe a weekly thing on a weekend, you're not getting that energizing feeling that you need on a regular basis. So start incorporating maybe little coffee dates with your friends or a phone call or whatever it might be that'll get you that social interaction that'll help you recharge your batteries so that you can maintain this good feeling rather than having so many highs and lows. Now, I want to tell you a story of something that I just recently experienced. If you've listened to my previous episodes, you know that loneliness is something that I've struggled with my entire adult life. For years, I dealt with it the wrong way and I would blame other people 
for not interacting with me. One thing that I would let really get to me would be my birthdays. Now, I don't care about age at all. I love the age that I'm at. The only thing I cared about was whether or not I had people that wanted to celebrate me as well. Year after year after year, I wouldn't make plans for my birthday because I would wait for the time that someone would throw me a surprise party or someone would want to take me out for dinner, that they would initiate the fun. Almost every year, people ask me, oh, what are you doing for your birthday? And I go, I don't know. I'll take myself out for dinner or something. This year, I was planning a dinner with my parents. I just underplayed it, even though I craved for other people to want to hang out with me and celebrate me and be thankful for my existence. So the reason I'm telling you this is because today is my birthday. And it is Easter long weekend, so a lot of things are closed and people have family things going on. And I initially did the same thing that I had done every year. Oh, what are you doing for your birthday? And I would say, I don't know. I'm just going to have dinner with my parents. Nothing crazy. Luckily, I had two of my friends reach out to me. And both of them said, hey, do you want to do something? Let's do something. Now, initially, it was just going to be one-on-one interactions with each of them, which is great because I love both of them so much. But I still have that desire to be surrounded by people that, that like me. And I've gone through a lot of therapy on this topic, so I'm still working on it. But I decided to take action instead of complain about it like I have done almost every year of my adult life. I started telling everyone that I knew that I was going out on Saturday afternoon, and you're more than welcome, bring friends, the more the merrier. I put that step into action myself because I knew no one else would do it for me, nor should I expect them to. These other people aren't responsible for my happiness. That is on me. If you don't ask people to come for your birthday, they won't come. They don't even know that you're wanting to do something. You have to ask them. So I took that into my own hands because I'm so sick of doing things that I've always done and getting the same results and feeling crappy about them. So the great thing was two days ago, Saturday afternoon, it was pouring rain. It's a long Easter weekend. I fully expected half the people to not come and it would just be a small intimate group because it's a long weekend. People are busy. People are doing things. The weather wasn't cooperating. Most people want to stay home. But the coolest thing happened and so many people showed up. And it was an unbelievable feeling to just know that all of those people were willing, even if they didn't stay long, to take a little bit of time out of their life to just come and say happy birthday to me. It's not about the birthday itself. It's about the fact that I just want to feel loved. And man, did I feel loved on Saturday. And I am so thankful for all of you that showed up. It made my day. If I hadn't have been willing to put myself out there and ask for people to come and hang out with me, they wouldn't have come and I would have felt sad because I go into this dark hole where I think that no one likes me and I have no friends. Instead of setting myself up for that exact scenario to happen for the eight billionth time, I set myself up for success and asked people to come hang out with me, and they did not disappoint. I remember back in the day, I tried to throw a party, and this happened probably three times, and I invited a bunch of people, and almost no one showed up. There was one where literally only one person showed up, and I invited probably 20 people. Boy, did I ever cry that time. But looking back on it now, knowing what I know about myself, I realized that I played it so nonchalantly when I invited those people, 
I just said, oh, hey, I'm throwing a party. If you want to show up, that'd be cool. I didn't make it seem like a big deal. I didn't make it seem like I even wanted them there. It, I probably came across like it was a pity invite to half of those people. If I had have changed my way of speaking to them and put a little bit of excitement in my life and told them that I actually want them there and that it would mean a lot if they showed up, I would be willing to bet that that would have been a completely different scenario. So the moral of that story is put yourself out there. Set yourself up for success by asking people to show up for you. If you don't ask, they won't know that you want them there. I felt so loved on Saturday. And if that party hadn't have happened, I still would have been loved by those people, but I wouldn't have known it. I wouldn't have seen it because I didn't put myself out there and say, hey guys, I want you to come here. One of three things could happen in that situation by setting yourself up for success. Either they say, yeah, great, I'll be there. Or they say, no, sorry, it's Easter long weekend. I'm busy with my family going on Easter egg hunts or whatever they're doing. And the third thing that they could say that we always run through our mind is, no, I don't really like you that much or some version of that. And guess what? Almost no one will ever say that to you. And yet we always think that that's an option. And you know what? If someone ever does say that to you, you absolutely do not want that person in your life. Find better friends. You're better off getting another pet than staying friends with that person or even having them in your life in any way, shape, or form. Set yourself up for success by asking for what you want, laying things out ahead of time, and taking action before your decision-making reservoir is empty at the end of the day. If you find these little ways to set yourself up for success in the following days, weeks, years, I can guarantee you, you're going to feel so much better. Take it from someone who knows and who is currently experiencing the growth in this area. It is so well worth it to put in that extra tiny little bit of effort before things become a problem and you need to solve them. Prevent the problem in the first place and set yourself up for success. Now, if you want to give me a birthday present because today is my birthday, even though you're probably not listening to it today, I would love if you would share this episode with your friends and family, spread it around social media. That could be the best gift you could give me. Thank you guys so much for joining me again. Hit that subscribe button. Give me that five-star review. I would appreciate some comments if you have any tips about what you would like to hear next. And I hope you guys have a really great day.